Chapter Three of Our Feathered Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Stacy Dugan Wilcox. Our Feathered Friends by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. Chapter Three Civilized Birds. In new parts of the country, we do not find so many birds living near houses as we find in older towns. Where there is much wooded or uncultivated land for them to live and nest in, the birds prefer to stay at some distance from us. But after the fields are all plowed and the trees cut down, they become civilized and learn to love our gardens and barns and houses. We speak of birds as wild or civilized, just as we speak of the races of men, the birds in our yard are civilized. They will eat cooked food if we give it to them. They will bathe in a tub, if it is handy, as if it were a brook in the woods. They will nest in cozy nooks about the home, in the vines and under the barn eaves, or in little houses which we build for them and set up on poles or in the arbors. They will follow the furrow which the plough makes, looking for worms, and will help themselves to our fruit without waiting for an invitation. Many of them soon learn to prefer the barnyard to the field, and will hop about with the chickens under the horse's feet. The sparrows and towhees come every day when the cow eats her pail of bran. They gather about close to her head and watch for her to finish her meal, very much as you've seen one dog watch another dog at his bone. When the cow is done, the birds take possession of her pail and pick out every crumb she has left. The blackbird is more civilized than most other birds. You are all acquainted with him, for we find him at home almost everywhere. Though he dresses differently in different parts of the country, he is always a blackbird. Where we live, he has a white eye, like a tricky horse. He likes the company of sheep and cattle in our pastures and lanes. We have seen these birds taking a free ride all over the fields, while the good-natured animals seemed to like it and did not try to shake them off. Once we laughed merrily when we saw a whole flock of blackbirds taking a ride pig-back, while the pigs rooted away in the ground, paying no attention to the birds on their backs. Once, when we were in Sitka, Alaska, a long way from home, we went out very early to watch the birds. We saw a great black raven on the back of a donkey that had been lying down all night on a bed of straw. The raven packed the donkey's back and made him get up from his warm bed. Then the hungry bird made a breakfast of the insects that had crept under the donkey during the cold night to share his warmth. We were told that this raven was in the habit of getting his breakfast in this way. In nesting time, civilized birds are glad to get the odds and ends of strings and cotton which we give them. They chirp about it while they pull at the twine, as if they were saying, What a blessing it is to live among civilized people who give us strings and other things to make our cradles of. They like to scratch in the hay and chaff for kernels of grain. When you see the birds about the barn doors or under the shed at the grain, watch them, and notice that they do not really scratch, as at first sight they seem to do, but hop quickly on both feet with their toes spread far apart. They hop so fast that you can scarcely see their feet through the flying chaff. It is hard to be quite certain whether a bird walks or hops when it is after its food on the ground. Some of them, like the sparrows and towhees, have a quick jerky pace that looks like a very fast run. Some birds never run or hop on their feet. The flycatchers and hummingbirds belong to this class, yet these birds are not cripples. Their tiny legs are fitted only to hold them on the perch. 
If they wish to catch an insect the length of their bill away, they will fly to get it, just as if it were across the yard. Their wings are so strong and move so quickly that these birds do not need to walk or run. They sip their honey or snatch flies and spiders while on the wing. All birds are alike in many habits, just as people all over the world have some ways in common, yet there are some birds who are very different from all others. Indeed, there are so many things to know about them that it is difficult to know just where to begin. What kind of clothes do birds wear? What do they eat? And when is their meal time? And how do they fly? How do they make their nurseries or nests? And how do they know just how large these ought to be? Do birds talk and laugh and play at games? What sort of a mother does a bird make? And what do the father birds think of the babies? Do birds have a childhood after their babyhood? And are they allowed by their parents to grow up idle and helpless? Will our wild birds grow tame and trustful if we love and pet them? And do they learn to prefer such food as we eat ourselves? In short, does it pay to cultivate the acquaintance of birds and to think of them as people? We will talk about these things in this little book, and when we are done, perhaps you will wonder that you did not get up earlier and know more about the beautiful little winged people in your yard. End of chapter 3